0: This is Zoe Church LA. We're not just fans, but rather followers of Jesus. Tune in as Pastor Chad Veach teaches of God's love and how we can live a Zoe life, an abundant life. If you have your Bibles, why don't you turn to Matthew chapter 12. Go ahead, and turn to Matthew chapter 12. And uh, today, I'm excited to preach. Uh, we're talking about divided we fall. Come on, who's excited? <laughs> how can you be excited about that? yeah you 're right we wait that 's not cool like that 's not exciting but i I think the flip side of that really the message today yes, of course, the truth is when you 're divided divided you fall but The reality is that we can partner together. We can come into community. We can be unified under a God in in heaven who will never fall. He's always victorious. He's the king of kings. He's the Lord of lords. Come on, he's undefeated. No one can come up against Jesus. Come on, is anyone excited this morning that we don't have to do this by ourselves? Come on, we don't have to be off and, and, and on our own thing. But we can partner together in unity. Amen? Come on, but... Uh, we thought it would be irresponsible to talk about unity and not talk about the consequence of division. And I love that Jesus, he never shied away from difficult conversations or topics that might be um, looked at as taboo. But in fact, Jesus, he always attacked things head on. In fact, if you are in Matthew chapter 12, if you don't have a Bible, we have these giant digital Bibles that are going to pop up. There it is. It looks so great. It says, Jesus knew their thoughts and said to them, Every kingdom divided against itself will be ruined, and every city or household divided against itself will not stand. Notice the consequence of division is that you will find ruin and that what you're putting your faith in will fall apart. Now, I think there's really disastrous consequences, right, in your marriage. Your marriage can very quickly, if you don't catch division, all of a sudden you can look months down the line, and all of a sudden you don't know why, but there's tension, there's strife, there's poor attitudes. You're not for each other anymore. You're not talking well. Why? Because division crept its way into a marriage. If you're not careful, if, if it goes unchecked, all of a sudden division, it can divide a church, And a church can split and become separate. Or or if you don't watch out, all of a sudden, division, it can separate a country. And before you know it, now you have neighbors who can't be friends because now their opinions are different. And I, I just believe this. I'm convinced that division is the diabolical, demonic plan of the devil to keep you away from God's blessing, God's grace, and God's community. But we serve a God, come on, who's greater, greater is he who is in us, and greater He than he who is in the world. Come on, we serve a God who says, that it doesn't matter what the enemy's plan is for you, I have an even greater plan for you. My hand is upon your life. My plan is for you to pos- prosper, for you to come into community. That's why it's no coincidence that you're here at church. You might have thought that it was by coincidence. You might have thought that you got dragged here. But God's saying, I'm pulling you into something that you belong to. A family, a unit, a community who's here for you and is going down the same path as you are. Come on, this morning, if you're taking notes, go ahead and write down the title. How's your posture? (laughs) Great, my posture's great. (laughs) How's your posture? Come on, why don't you just fix your posture right now? Straighten your back. Yes, sit up. My wife always tells me, you know, Nate, fix your posture. Sit up straight. You know, um, I, I've, I've even, there's like a trend, I guess. Um, you know, I went to an office recently, and people were sitting on the, the, the big aerobic balls. Yeah, just like that, pulsing. It's weird. I don't know. It's not a thing for me. Someone said, someone, someone told me, that said, you know, um, sitting is the new smoking. I was like, oh, consider me addicted. <laughs> <laughs> Like, what? <laughs> like, how's your posture? This morning, I really believe that God wants to shift your po- posture, change your attitude, change the way you walk into a room. Come on, how many of you know you can impact a room just by your posture? Come on, just a smile is contagious, right? Come on, an excited voice can lift up an entire room. Come on, let me pray, and then we'll, we'll jump in. To today's message, Father, we thank you so much that you're God who's unified, that your very nature, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, and you invite us into unity with you, God. We ask it this morning that you'd inspire us, that you'd uh, change our hearts, that you'd grow us, that you'd reveal your Son Jesus. Lord, we ask it this morning that we can make much of your Son Jesus. Come on, in Jesus' my name, the entire twelve thirty said, amen. "Ooh, that was a great amen." Now I'm convinced that there's two types of people in the world. You have people who enjoy scaring people. And you have people who are scared by people who enjoy scaring people. Come on, raise your hand if you're in the first camp. Like, you love to jump out. Boo, gotcha, right? Yeah. This, people like, everyone who's raising their hand has a big smile. Like, I'm part of that camp. I'm part of the camp that's like, you know, I love to, to scare my wife. Boo, you know. It's kind of weird. It's kind of malicious. But that's fine. You know, it's great. And I remember one time... Um, when my wife and I, we were still dating, I, I thought to myself, you know what, I'm going to get into good graces with her dad, my father-in-law now, and I'm going to go help him just do some gardening work around the house. I'm going to help him out. And, you know, we're out there watering plants, I don't know, putting shrubs in the ground, whatever you do in gardens. It was a long time ago. And I see him, and he's like pruning some bushes. And I think in my mind, like, this is the perfect opportunity to scare him. <laughs> oh, so I creep up because, like, that is a proper, you know, adjective for scaring people. So you're creeping up. Yeah, I'm sorry. And I scare him. Boo, gotcha. And he jumps up with such surprise. Like, you know the line between a prank where it's funny and you got to apologize? <laughs> right? Like, I'm laughing. <laughs> and he turns around and he's like, the deepest pain I've ever seen. And in an instant, I was like, there's something wrong with this situation. He falls on the ground, and he's literally, he's yelling. His shoulder dislocated. Like it popped out. <laughs> is that the sound? I don't know. That's gross. Okay, let's keep going. And he's, he's literally on the ground, and he's yelling. I'm, and I'm, I'm yelling too. Ah, <sighs> ah. But the difference, he's yelling prayers. It's like, God, I know this pain is only temporary. I know you're already on the way to heal me. I'm like, Oh, what should I do? I'm, I'm, calling, I'm calling an ambulance. He's like, no, just pray. Not, I'm not even kidding. His arm popped back in. It popped back in. But I love his posture. It, come on, how many of us in a time of pain, in a time of scare, in a time of fright, how many of us, our first knee-jerk reaction is to turn to God? Say, God, you have my back. God, you can protect me. God, I'm turning to you. Come on, your posture says something about you. I remember my first date. Oh, and I feel the same way. And you know, this was a trying time for me. You know, puberty always is for people. And it was in eighth grade. You know, I got dressed up. You know, with my Led Zeppelin shirt, my distressed, baggy jeans—they just had holes in them. But you know what they say: if it's not distressed, it's not blessed. Like the guy that makes everything spiritual. No, they're just jeans. Like, they're, they're not even perfect. You just fell down because you're clumsy. <laughs> I, and so I pull up to this girl's house, my first date. I'm going to pick her up. I pull up in my mom's minivan. She's driving. White <laughs> Kia Sedona. And I'm so excited. Like, I, I'm, I'm mixed emotions, excitement, nerves. I'm scared. It's my first date. Her name's Anna. And uh, it didn't work out. That's okay. Praise God. I have the most incredible wife in the world. Shout out to my wife up in kids. Um. Yeah, And I pull up, and now, you know, the the car is clean. I have a conversation with my mom going up, you know, going into this thing like, Mom, you can't talk. You're just a driver. (laughs) Do not embarrass me. You just have two things to do. One, drive. Two, make sure Mario's Let Me Love You is playing as soon as (laughs) she gets in the car. (laughs) So I walk up to the door. Oh, my gosh, it's so good to see you, you know bring her down to the car, open the door, and you can hear the speakers. You should let me love you. Let me be the one to. Come on, church, give me everything. Oh, my gosh. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, we didn't go on a second date. But, you know. There is a posture of expectation. Like, I, I'm expecting that I'm gonna align some things. I'm gonna have the posture that this thing's gonna go well. I think some of us, how we approach church, we ought to have a posture like, man, I only have a little bit of faith, but God, I know you can do something with it. Come on, some of you, maybe, come on, some moms in the room, you you took everything in you just to get your kids to church. And you roll in here like, man, I I don't know what's going to happen, but let's just get this thing over over with. God's saying, come on, let's have the posture. You might have just a little tiny bit, but I can work with a little tiny bit. All you got to do is put in a little bit and I can make it, I can grow it into something amazing. Come on, how's your posture? Today, I want to talk about the posture of unity versus the posture of division. And the posture of unity is humility and the posture of division is pride. The posture of humility or unity is humility. I just think we're most unified when we're most humble. In fact, I love what it says here in Ephesians it says Ephesians chapter 4 verse 2 it says be completely humble and gentle be patient Bearing with one another in love. Make every effort to keep the unity of the Spirit through the bond of peace. I love humble and gentle, be patient, bearing with one another in love. Come on, doesn't that sound like humility? Make every effort to keep the unity of the Spirit through the bond of peace. Now, I'm convinced that the exact opposite word of humility is the same word for the opposite of unity. And that's the word pride. Because at the genesis, at the seed of division... Pride rests. Watch this. As soon as you get a prideful, haughty attitude, as soon as you start elevating your attitude, your perspective, you start lifting up your position over your neighbor's position, you start to create dissension and division in relationships. As soon as you start to say things like, hey, that, that's awesome, that's awesome, but, you know, you should, can you just pray for my thing instead of your thing? Is Come on, there's nothing less attractive than Being in a room with someone who always brings the conversation back to themselves, right? Like you ever, you know, you ever go on, uh, you know, maybe a, a coffee date meeting, you go out to a restaurant, you hang out with someone and all they can do is talk about their highlight reel. They talk about how great their job is, their success, their status. They talk about how much money they brought in this last week. They talk about their dreams, and they talk about their vision, and they talk about this pyramid scheme that you should join so you can get them some more money. Like there's nothing worse than someone who just, they they can't help but to talk about their thing. And I think something even, even more unattractive than that is people who try to hide their hide in the disguise of distress. Just because you're not talking about your success doesn't mean you're not being prideful. Come on, it's one thing. I I might be able to even maybe get excited about your success. Okay, cool, that's awesome. Maybe I can jump on and I can take some of your favor too. But all of a sudden you get into a, a conversation and the only thing that they can talk about are their problems. You talk about what God's doing in your life and it always circles back to their struggle. It always goes back to their issue. It always goes back to their problem. So through the disguise of their distress, really, they're just pointing their eyes back at themselves. They're just saying, hey, why why don't you look at my weakness? Why don't you come to my aid? But unity says in humility, hey, how can I believe for you? How can I partner with you? How can I pray for you? How can I be on your side? How can I help you out? How can I encourage you? What can, can I, do I need to take out my wallet? Can I buy you a scone? Like whatever it takes, I want to be for you and with you. It's not as much about my thing. I just want to be on your side. Come on, humility is the posture of unity. Pride is the posture of division. And I think Pride says, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to shrink down in my weakness. I'm going to shrink down in my issues. I'm going to shrink down in my shortcomings. Humility says, I'm going to, I love what Paul says, I take delight in my insults. I take delight in my hardship. I take delight in my shortcomings because in my weakness, I have strength in Christ. Come on, why is humility so key to unity? Because humility puts us in the same place. And we're unified under grace. We're unified under Jesus. Come on, I might not have it all put together, and neither do you, so why don't we go to Jesus together? Why don't we be unified under the same roof, the banner of Jesus, amen? Come on, the the posture of unity is strength, but the posture of division is vulnerability. Come on, now, when I say vulnerability, I'm, I'm not just saying, like, you know, you should never be vulnerable. I think that there's safe places that, you can be vulnerable. I think we should always have a vulnerable heart to Jesus. God, this is what I'm going through. This is my issues. It might seem like no big deal to them, but God, I'm going to bring this to you. You're vulnerable with God. You should be vulnerable with your closest friends or maybe your spouse. You should be vulnerable in a connect group to places where you can trust people. But watch this. Unity gives you strength. How, how how's the phrase go? There's strength in. Come on, there's strength in, there's strength in numbers. Come on, when you're unified, when you're together. I love Ecclesiastes chapter 4. It's going to come up on the screens. It says, a person standing alone can be attacked and defeated, but two can stand back to back and conquer. Come on, everyone say back to back. Oh, I like that. Three are even better for a triple braided cord is not easily broken, but two can stand back to back and conquer. I love this. I love this imagery because sometimes I feel like, I'm not strong enough to stand by myself. Sometimes it feels like I'm about to fall backwards. But come on, when you have the support system of someone behind you, even if you're about to fall, you can stay standing, not because of what you've done, but because you've got some strength in numbers. you got someone back to back. Come on, we can conquer something. Did you know that the devil's plan for your life is that he divides you to conquer you? In fact, all the way back in the Roman Empire, the Caesars, their strategy for war would be to divide entire nations and before they even got to the battlefield, the war would already have been won, because they'd begin to see dissension, begin to split apart royal families, begin to spread rumors and lies and gossips in the other nation. And as soon as they got to the battlefield, the war was already won because there is no unity in the room, because they're vulnerable to attack. I love the Bible Jesus describes the Good Shepherd. Come on, isn't Jesus the Good Shepherd? He leads us to green grass and to clear waters. He corrects us. He provides for us. He protects us. Come on, we, we serve a God who's a good shepherd. And he says a good shepherd, he leaves the 99 to go after the one lost sheep. Come on, I think we can be encouraged even when we get away from unity. God says, you're not done yet. I'm going to chase after you. I'm going to bring you back. You don't have to be there for long. I'm chasing. Come on, some of you you need to hear this morning. You might have felt like you came into church alone. But God's saying, I'm chasing after you. I'm bringing unity into your life. I'm bringing you a family. I'm bringing you some friends. But I think I've read this story so many times, and every time I'm confused, like, God, why would you leave this bigger investment, 99 sheep, you're going to leave them to be vulnerable just to go chase after the one stupid sheep? Are you kidding me that this is not a good idea? But what the good shepherd understands is that he can go after the one because the 99 sheep is a force to be reckoned with. Come on, even if the wolf did come, even if the attack did happen, it wouldn't be accomplished because the 99 sheep are standing together in unity. Come on, even if the wolf did come, it would be scared away. Come on, when the devil comes at you with division, when all of a sudden, come on, when, when the battery port rages in, Come on, when the diagnosis is deadly, when depression dares to consume you, when insecurity eats away at your identity, when pessimism presses your perspective, united we stand in strength. United we stand in friendship. United we stand together. Come on, I might not have a lot, but I got friends, I got family, I got my connect group, I got Zoe Church. Come on, devil, why don't you come my way? You can't even stand up against us. Come on, there's strength in numbers. You show me someone who tries to do this faith thing alone, I'll show you a really dysfunctional and awkward person. Come on, you ever been around someone? Everything's over-spiritual, everything's under-spiritual, everything's just weird because they don't have any community to speak into their life. They're dysfunctional, they're they're awkward. Even from the beginning of time, Genesis chapter 2, it's going to come up on the screen. In Adam and Eve, I love this story. It says, the Lord God said, it is not good for the man to be alone. Come on He knew from the very beginning. I will make a helper suitable for him. Now the Lord God had formed out of the ground all the wild animals and all the birds in the sky. He brought them to the man to see what he could name them. And whatever the man called each living creature, that was its name. Could you just imagine this process? First of all, this has got to take a long time. Second of all, how do you name a different name for all the animals? I think I'd eventually get to like Tam, Sally. Like This guy's like kangaroo, giraffe. Platypus, like, it's getting really weird really quick, right? So the man gave names to all the livestock, the birds in the sky, and the wild animals, but for Adam, catch this, but for Adam, no suitable helper was found. Now look, Adam, he's in the presence of God, he's doing the work of God, and he's doing the right things, and it still says his blessing didn't show up. Because the presence of God, it's, it's, God's never intended for his presence alone to be enough. But his presence in community with believers will unlock the breakthrough and the blessing that's on your life. Come on, you want the fulfillment of love? You want the fulfillment of compassion, of joy, of peace? Come on, you don't just get in the word of, come on, you can become in a church every Sunday. You can be part of a dream team, reading your Bible and praying and still not be having the blessing and breakthrough that God has for you. But as soon as you get into community, come on, some of you just need to jump in a connect group this week. I've never had community before, but there's connect groups all over the place. I'm I'm not just going to go to one. I'm going to go to all of them. (laughs) Someone's like, absolutely. That would be crazy. Just stick to one. But I'm convinced, come on, there's strength in unity. Come on, some of you, you just need to ask God, God, would you send me some strength? God, I need strength for my, for my situation. I need strength for my circumstance. I need strength at my job. Watch this. God's blessing always comes in the form of a person. God's blessing always comes in the form of unity. If you, got, if you need something, God isn't just going to send, you know, uh, uh, rain down money from the sky for you. He's going to send a partner or a person for you to all of a sudden come alongside you. And they become the blessing that you've been praying for all along. Some of you, you need to identify the blessing that God's already put next to you. You've been treating some people, maybe it's a friend, family, spouse. You've been treating them poorly, not understanding that this is the blessing you've been praying for. Come on. The posture of unity is grace and blessing. The posture of division is law and curses. The posture of unity is grace and blessing. I love this. Notice what it says here. Genesis chapter 2, it continues on. Verse 21, it says, so the Lord caused the man to fall into a deep sleep. Everyone say deep sleep. Come on, if there's someone in a deep sleep next to you, push him over. Or scare him. So the Lord God caused the man to fall into a deep sleep. And while he was sleeping, he took one of the man's ribs and then closed up the place with flesh. I love this. That God provided Adam's blessing while he was in a deep sleep. It wasn't when Adam was awake. It wasn't when Adam was praying. It wasn't when Adam was fasting. It wasn't when Adam was doing the work. It wasn't when Adam was doing this, that, or the other. It was when he was in a deep sleep, not a light sleep. He didn't wake up halfway through and like, oh, what's happening? He was in a deep sleep. All he had to do was ask for it. All he had to do was be in the presence of God, and his grace was upon his life. Come on, Adam didn't get the blessing. Grace got the blessing. I think, watch, the the posture of division says, nah, grace, I don't need that. I can accomplish this thing on my own. Yeah, why don't you follow me so I can show you how to do this thing? The posture of unity says grace gets the blessing. Posture of division says I get the blessing. Let me tell you, as soon as you start to get the blessing, you don't get a blessing, you get a curse. You might have what looks like success only to find out it's a straw, man. It falls apart. There's nothing actually satisfying about it. You might get the money. You might get the status. And all the while, you're poor in your spirit. You're poor in your attitude. Because division can never give what God's grace can. The law can never provide what God's grace can. The law says, no, 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 no. I'm, I'm going to follow the rules. I'm going to color in the pages. And I can do this on my own. Grace says, God, I fall short, and it's only by a unity and relationship with you that I can see your wildest dreams come true. Come on, this morning, I think it's so incredible in this story. He's naming the animals, and all of a sudden, while he's sleeping, God brings him, or God takes out this rib. I just think in some of our lives, we ought to take a moment and just sit down. And say, okay, God, what are the things that I'm just trying to do on my own? What are the things that I've divided myself from you, from God's community, from this church? Why don't you just begin to write them down and say, okay, God, would you send a person for this? God, would you show me a person for this? God, would you bring me into community here? In fact, I love that last last week Chad preached a message. And in Psalm 133, he reads that there's a commanded blessing on unity. That wherever there's unity, there's a commanded blessing from God. Now watch this, Matthew, Jesus says, wherever two or more are gathered together, there I am in the midst. And can I tell you, whenever the presence of God is around, all of a sudden the blessings of God are around. Well, Wherever the Holy Spirit is, there's freedom in the Holy Spirit. There's joy in the presence of God. There's peace in his presence. That's why we're always going to be a church who's committed to gathering more. Come on, that's why, why do we have five services? It's not because we just want more people, but because when there's more people, when we gather more, the presence of God gets greater and greater. All of a sudden, we bring people in, and it gets larger and larger, and there's more and more grace and blessing. Come on, make more room, reach more people. What does that look like in your life? Come on, the last one, and I'll invite the band out. The posture of unity is inclusion. And the posture of division is exclusion. Posture of unity is inclusion. Can I tell you just right off the bat? Come on, you belong here. You're included in this thing. You're not just a participant, participant or a spectator. But I believe, come on, even before you step through these doors, you belonged in a place like this. And the story continues on. Genesis chapter 20, 22, and it concludes. It says... The Lord God made a woman from the rib he had taken out of the man. And he brought her to the man. I love this. Adam, he's sleeping. And while he's in a deep sleep, God takes a rib out of his side and he creates Eve. The blessing that had been promised him all the way from the beginning of this story. And the Bible says that God brings Eve to Adam. That I just in my mind, I imagine him. Grabbing her by the hand and introducing the two of them. Come on, I think this is such a beautiful picture of grace. This is such a beautiful picture of unity. Come on, we ought to be people who grab people by the hand and say, you got to experience what I've experienced and bring them to grace. You got to experience what I've experienced and you bring them to joy. You got to experience what I've experienced and you bring them to fellowship. You got to experience what I've experienced and you bring them to compassion. Come on, what if every opportunity we have, every barista we talked to every host we talked to at a restaurant every person we 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 interacted with in a store every every shopping experience we had every time we stepped out of our of our home and stepped into the world we said God would you use me would you create an opportunity where I can include people into this thing called grace where I can include people in this thing called faith where I can include people in healing include people in forgiveness come on The posture of division says, you know, I'm just here for my blessing. I'm just here for my thing. I'm, I'm just here for, for God to do something for me. And it's great that you guys are here too. You just do your thing, but as for me, I, I want God to build my thing. And, and I'm sorry, you can't be a part of this because you're different than me because you have a different opinion, because you look different, because you act different, you talk different, you smell different, you wear different clothes than me, you have a different skin color, your, your socioeconomic status is different, you got to be over there because I'm trying to build my thing. But grace, unity, it says the exact opposite. It says, before I even knew you, I included you. Before I even saw you, you belonged with me. I don't care what you've been through. I don't care what you look like. I don't care your skin tone. I don't care your bank account. I don't care your status. I don't care your opinion. Come on, why don't you come over to the side of grace? Why don't you come over to this thing? Come on, unity says you're included. Now watch. God, he didn't take a foot bone from Adam to create Eve because Eve's not below Adam. He didn't take a a bone from his skull because Eve's not above Adam. But he took a rib. And he said, you're in the same place as Adam. You might look different. You might act different. You might be a different gender. But you're a son and daughter of the same God. The God on most high. The God who cares for you. The God who loves you. The God who can provide for you. The God who can protect you. So many years later, come on, you can stand to your feet this morning. So many years later, we have a picture of Jesus on a cross. Come on, what a beautiful, what a mind-boggling moment. Jesus is up on a cross, and his, his feet have been nailed into a beam. And he has a crown of thorns upon his head. The Bible tells us that Jesus... He, he didn't allow his life to be taken. He gave up his life. He said, if the cross is the key to my people coming to know me again, then put me up on the cross for the joy set in front of me. And the Bible says that his arms were nailed to the, to the beams, to the wood. Come on, what a beautiful posture. His arms were nailed open. I can't think of a more beautiful picture of Jesus up on a cross and in one moment the Bible says that he let out let out a voice it is finished. The power of division on your life is finished. The power of sin, it's finished. The power of shame, it's finished. You don't have to be divided anymore. You can come together in my open arms. Come on, even if Jesus tried to close his arms, they were nailed open. He said, I don't care what happens. My arms are open from now until eternity. Come to me. My arms are open. I want to take you in under my wings of refuge. Come on. Thanks for tuning in to this week's podcast. We hope you are inspired and encouraged by the message. To get more information about Zoe Church, check out our website, www.zoechurch.org, or follow us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and the newly added Snapchat under the handle Zoe LA. Have a blessed day.